This is the Financial Coconut Podcast, Singapore's first personal finance podcast network. I'm your host, Reggie, aka Your Chief Financial Coconut. Every Wednesday, you'll be chilling with me and my guests, who are some of the quirkiest, geekiest people we can find on the internet about how they do money and life. Sit back, relax. We are a few days away from the weekend. Welcome to Chills with TFC. Why you can manage it together or? I mean, we have our own personal savings mm. and expenditure and everything, which we don't really... Cross. We don't... Yeah. But I yeah. think we manage our investments together. But it's still quite a thing, right? Like like to manage your investments together. Why do you decide to pull together? Two brains are better than one. Yes. And it's so a lot I easier. I don't always agree with that. <laughs> okay, I don't no. always agree with that. How are two brains are better than one? <laughs> Welcome to Chills with TFC, where we sit down with the geekiest, quirkiest individuals to learn about how they do money and life. I'm your host, Reggie, aka your chief financial coconut, and today I want to explore this whole sibling money thing, you know, so maybe it's not an individual, it's like a duo, right? So many of us have this underpinning fear when talking about money with our loved ones, right? especially our siblings. Right? When they come and ask us, hey, you can share this now, would you want to contribute to that? Oh, I got this opportunity I have from my friend, and then your alarm bells will ring and you know, sometimes rightfully so, right? But what is the crux of the problem and what are the solutions around this, right? So I'm very happy to spend time with the Weeblings, TikTok personal finance stars to discuss how they manage their money together. And it is interesting, right? This whole thing that they do it together, they are trying to pursue a million dollar portfolio and they do it so publicly, right? So what if this thing fails, right? Do they actually quarrel, right? So today they come to TFC to get grilled, right? So I'm going to gossip and grill with them and uh, this is Chill Swifty FC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Nice, nice. Okay. Anyway, you guys sound great. You know, we're good. That's good. I don't expect you to feel jittery. Lah. Are you feeling jittery? No. no really. right? yeah. This is your bread and butter. Uh, right. Not really. I will usually were scripted. This is unscripted. Uh, uh. <laughs> Do you know I only recently learned about this thing? Like unscripted. Yeah, because I'm not from the media space. I have no media background. Right. So only recently when I was talking to the VC guys, right? And then they were like, oh yeah, so we're very good with the scripted medium. And then now we're exploring the unscripted. I said, Simi Sai is unscripted medium. <laughs> it's like, like what you guys do? Like, you're unscripted. I said, like, oh, we are considered unscripted because we just talk cock, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then we hopefully someone listens in. So, oh, okay, so I learn, right? And it's an like industry lingo, right? Yeah. So, so it is what it is. Uh, yeah, welcome to another unscripted episode of Chills with TFC, right? So, yeah. You want to introduce yourself for people that don't yet know you, probably like, Millennials and older. You know? no. He he is a Gen Z. True blue. Millennial. Millennial Gen Z. Half. Yeah. Right in the middle. Yeah. yeah. How, how, what does that 1996. mean? 1996. Yes, 1996. Ah. So I'm 27 this year. Okay. Um, that's right, right in the middle. Um, actually, it's, it's interesting. 
um, when it comes to like millennials and Gen Zs because um, the way that Pew Research tries to define Gen Zs and millennials is through experiences. Mm. So for example, most millennials would remember the 2008 or 9-11. Again, all the research is done in the US. Mm, mm. Who, cares? So Who cares about the 9/11. Pew Research, right? <laughs> for, for Gen Z and millennial. But anyway, okay, yes, yes, yes. Please go for it. Yeah, so as um, if millennials go through all of that and that's something that impacts them. Like some millennials would have graduated right in 2008. So they can't find a job mm. and they went through that. And that's what defines that generation or it's a part part of the experience that defines the generation but for Gen Z's that's not something they went through mm-hmm. and for the major experiences that the millennials went through I feel that I don't have that experience mm-hmm. which makes me just feel a little bit separated from them as well mm-hmm. yeah so that's just like why I'm like right smack in the middle of Gen Z and yeah. millennial but he just picks whatever suits. When he's hanging around millennials, he's like, I'm a millennial Gen Z son. <laughs> and then when he's Gen Z, he's oh, like, oh, I got a millennial. Yeah, I don't know what the this is So opportunistic, and- <laughs> huh? Right? Cannot, cannot. I fit in the millennial group as okay. well, right here. Okay, okay. great. great. I we disown you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you are true and true Gen Z? Or you're true and true, true millennial? millennial. Yeah, okay, yes. okay. I'm a young, the younger end of the millennial. So some of the experiences... Like, are different from my older millennial friends. So they'll make fun of me. They're like, are you sure you're a millennial? Did you ever have a pager? And I'm like, no. Wait, like- must have pager and then consider <laughs> a millennial, man? Which is I never had a pager. <laughs> so I was like, I have a pager too. Uh, okay, okay. So so this is Aaron and Sarah, you know. Um, people know you guys as the Weeblings, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Any other things that they need to know about you other than like you do TikTok, you know, and I mean, I guess about personal finance? Just a background. Mm. of our channel mm. we basically started because we are siblings on a journey to a million dollars and we wanted to bring people into the community and go on a journey with us that was the main reason why we started tiktok and then it kind of grew from there mm. yeah we were just sharing our trades back then we were trading a lot more than now and our side hustles and just personal finance journey why why you trade less now <laughs> Because the markets are bad. So we... we <laughs> I saw your videos. I was like... I was like, yeah, that is. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we... Thousands of But this month, we lost $800. I was like... Yeah. <laughs> it's like, guys, relax. Okay, yeah, which but, is why, yeah. like, now, we also focus a lot more on investing, long-term mm, investing, mm, than trading. So it really depends on the market. I mean, Aaron yeah. still does trade, but we feel like people are less interested. So we do still trade on mm. our own, but we just don't talk about it as much because mm. we give the audience what they want to see, right? Mm. So they are less interested in our trade. So we just talk more about long-term investing mm. and how we're saving money and things like that. Yeah, maybe that. Pray right? to the algo god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, fair. And do you have a full-time job by any chance or... Sarah has a full-time job. Yeah. Um, I just graduated. So I'm right in the midst of figuring out what I want to do. Unemployed. So now. unemployed at the moment. <laughs> I'm not very sexy. I know it's fun uh, employed these days. So it's like, but okay, okay. Yeah. So yeah. I guess for, for me and my sister, I guess we're also trying to start our own social media agency. Mm-hmm. So we're still trying to figure that out. Um, I haven't graduated yet. So mm-hmm. I'm still trying to like figure out how I'm going to do this and what we're going to do moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, we already managed to get one or two clients. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. so, I think this content creation thing came quite out of the blue Mm. Um, we didn't expect to grow or gain a following as quickly as we did we thought we were going to be doing it for years on the side for fun and not earn any money or whatever and we weren't even sure if we would fall in love with it but we quickly gained a small community Mm. and we kind of fell in love with it Mm. and so we are just trying to find ways to sustainably continue create content which is where the agency comes in to help be the cash cow the small cash cow now to sustain 
our content creation dreams. Because mm. sponsorship not consistent, yeah, right? Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> I saw that video. Like, yeah. Sponsorship not consistent. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, I feel yeah. you. I yeah. feel you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But who yeah. is your biggest sponsor? If you don't our mind sharing. Sponsors. Great. Uh, I think, no, but our biggest long-term one is Saif, I think. Mm. Okay, nice. Yeah, nice. and we really enjoy working with them too. So, so Saif bought you out, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, Saif. Saif is Saif, great as well. Saif is Cool, cool, cool. Okay, yeah. So uh, tell me a little bit about like this whole sibling managing money together kind of thing, you know. Because truth be told, I feel like a lot of siblings don't talk about money and like quarrel over it. And I don't know, is it because like you guys are not at the stage, you know, like you still live together, yeah. you know, yep. like yeah, pretty much you, you haven't like kind of like all moved out or have your own family and all that. Yeah. You know, is that a situation where you can manage it together or... I mean, we have our own personal savings mm. and expenditure and everything, which we don't really... Cross. We don't... Yeah. As long mm. as I'm not borrowing money from him and I'm not broke and eating his leftover food, I think he's not going to Eat leftover is okay. Right? <laughs> leftover is okay. Just don't... <laughs> <laughs> like, as long as he looks at me, he knows that I'm being sustainable with my money and him likewise. I think it's fine. But I think yeah. we manage our investments together, not like mm. all of our money. We don't have like a joint bank account. That's a bit weird. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's our, just the investments. Yeah, it's just our investments. Mm. But but it's still quite a thing, right? Like like to manage your investments together. Why do you decide to pull together? Two brains are better than one. Yes. And it's so a lot I easier. I don't always agree with that. <laughs> okay, I don't no. always agree with that. Our two brains are better than one. <laughs> okay. That's their house view. Yeah. Uh, yes. Not my house view. But yes, yes. It makes it, makes it easier for, for us to manage because Sarah's better at some things and I'm better at some things. Yeah. So sometimes when I'm trading, there are some trades where I do need a little bit more capital just to enter a trade. And Sarah wouldn't mind entering the trade as well. So instead of like always borrowing money, transferring the money, making the trade, mm. then like transferring the money out afterwards. We just like pulled in together once and then that's just kind of how it is. And mm. as money grows, we don't take out our investments. So it just kept growing and growing and growing. So now we're all managing it together. There was a period of time that we were trying this option strategy that required one of us to be awake late in the night. So that'll be me because ah, our yes, sleeping yes. schedules are also very different. He wakes up at like <laughs> 6, 7 a.m. and I sleep at like 3, 4 a.m. Why? Yes. <laughs> so there is this strategy called a iron condor, but I was trying to do something a little bit different um, where it wasn't an exact iron condor. It's a little bit um, asymmetrical. So, so you um, want to overweight certain things. Yes, I want okay. to overweight. So it's a little bit overweight, but then I buy a put um, just in case the market crash, then I'll still have like a hitch. Mm, so mm, I get it. the way that I wanted to manage it was manage it once a day, which is around when market opens. The mm. problem was during that period, I think I was in army. No, you were, you were in uni. Or uni. But basically I needed to sleep very early. And markets open in Singapore about 10.30-ish around that period of time, 9.30 to 10.30, and I'll be getting ready to sleep. So by the time I want to make any adjustments, I'll be half asleep. And what happened was I will stay up and I'll make the adjustments, I'll focus and think very hard. And by the time I'm done with all of that, I'll be sleeping at 12, mm. maybe 1. And then I'm going to wake up at 7 the next day. So mm. completely unsustainable. But then you see, Sarah sleeps at like 4 a.m. every day. You have a full-time job. Yeah, but... <laughs> I can American hours, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I run my family business. Ah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So okay, from okay. home and stuff. So you're lao pan, right? My, my dad is the oh, lao pan. That's a lao pan. Okay, sorry, dad. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're the lao pan in Liu. Right? So a bit more, uh, a bit more yeah, yeah. So I mean, I don't run the business story. Wrong word. I help my dad run the business. Mm, yeah, mm, yeah. Mm. So I don't have to be in office as set hour and also I find that I work better at night mm. so I like having the afternoons for meetings and then the nights for deep work yeah okay but how was your experience so far managing your investments together you know I mean 
they can go to your TikTok to see all the numbers and everything. But yeah. I want to hear like, you know, your experience managing it together. Because I, I believe that there's some value in managing collectively. I think it's you know? been fun. Mm. Yeah. And it it's basically a lot more fun than doing it on your own. Mm. And also, I don't think we have that many friends that are extremely interested in this. So we have each other. Mm-hmm. Which is basically like, 50% of all our hobbies. There's no one else that we have to talk about. So we're like, what other hobbies? Why so indie? Like productivity. Yeah. Biohacking. We are going like to that. rock climb or you know yeah. rock climbing today. Oh, but we normally rock climb every yeah. every week together as yeah. well. So rock climbing, we have friends doing that with us. But I think mm. the productivity, productivity yeah. niche especially, mm-hmm. like productivity apps, things like that. But like investing... Stuff as well it's quite good to have like two people because sometimes yeah. you get like great ideas and you just want to tell someone mm. so that you don't get confirmation bias mm. so you can at least talk to someone else about it mm. and we actually have different investment accounts as well but like yeah. some of it is in Sarah's like she she has an account for Mumu which she manages uh some of our money there and then I have some on TD and Trade, and so we like actually have split accounts but all the money is kind of together as well. Okay, fair, fair. So then, how do you reconcile your differences then? Like when, you, when you're managing your money together? I think we're quite safe with our investments. So, they'll Hey, you iron mean... condor trade. Then you tell me you save. Is it yeah, relative? No, safe, safe meaning relative to, to the amount of money that we have, right? Okay. If let's say we have a million dollars, for example, which we do not. We have nowhere close to a million dollars. Mm. Let's say, okay, let's say $100. If we have $100, he would say, let's put $10 in this, mm. which is fine. Mm. He would never be like, let's put $999. Oh yeah, we yeah. take risk management very seriously. So in all of our trades, we don't risk yeah. more than 5% of our portfolio. Mm. Like our most extreme trades is about 5% of the portfolio. So even for our iron condos as well, we have stop losses around like 5 to 6%. Mm. Depending. But I think our overarching yeah. strategy is still the same. Mm. Which means we care a lot about risk management. We believe in slow, sustainable growth versus um, yep. degen. DJ, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but sometimes uh, yeah. hands we, get a bit itchy. Yeah, uh, we we still do that, but we realize that that's gambling and that's not our strategy. Basically, we're mm. like, okay, we're gonna put a small amount of money and we will be okay if we lose everything. Mm. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. and then we did. <laughs> <laughs> which trade? Which trade? You lost everything. It wasn't a trade. It was Luna. Yeah, it was Luna. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, that's a real gamble. Yeah, that's uh, a real yeah. gamble. Okay, yeah. okay that was probably it, the worst yeah I think that was the worst but, but we didn't okay. get we didn't we didn't get upset with each other over it either yeah because yeah. the money that we put into Luna so like we've been just like just working because it was, it was fun back then it was a crypto boom so we bought into like Sand yeah. we bought into Gala we bought into a lot of the coins that went like 10x 9x so like a thousand dollar became like 10,000 became 15,000 yeah. and then after that we're like alright the next one the big one let's try Luna but then you know that was the oh, one that collapsed so yeah. it was like oh my god I mean technically yeah. we did make quite a bit of money from Luna and we took it out but yeah. we put it into anchor that was the problem yeah yeah so we we yeah. caught the jump but we put the profit into anchor yeah we thought yeah. like ah that'll be safe that'll be fine nah yeah. that wasn't fine that wasn't that fine that was not fine oh well yeah. so are you still cryptoing actually a little bit yeah. yes we just don't talk about it so much because no one's interested in it but really you vividly see the algo not yes. giving you the views when you talk about crypto yeah oh yeah it just doesn't it just like Dice. Dice. Not yeah. interesting at yeah. all. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we just don't talk about it, but we still do. But right now we're not looking into like a lot of small coins. We are simply trading the Bitcoin and Ethereum, mm-hmm. mainly because it's a lot easier to trade. There are patterns that we can see are mainly just from technical analysis. And then um, I have my own indicators that I developed and I just use those mm-hmm. and it just helps me trade. And like that's basically it. Okay. Okay. So no more altcoins, no nothing. Altcoins. What will what, what you tell the newer people starting investing? You know? 
dipping their toes, you know. <laughs> because there was a period of time like this whole crypto shit, right? It's, it's all mean, over. It's in your face, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm just keeping an eye on it because it will happen again. It's going to yeah. be this next crypto run and it's going to be huge and everybody's going to be talking about it. I just want to make sure that I'm in front of, of everyone. Yeah. That's basically mm-hmm. it. So I'm keeping an eye on it, looking at where the market social? is going. I mean, it's happened once, it's happened twice, it's happened three times, and it's happened kind of four times. So I'm guessing it's going to happen a fifth time. So it's pure technical. We're not talking about any, like, fundamentals. You're not concerned about, like, more legislation, you know, more capital controls in the space, you know? Like, like maybe your momentums will not be as high because of all these new controls that are coming in. But it's quite hard for you to stop it. Maybe you would stop the big exchanges, but... If you stop one of the big exchange, then if money wants to flow into something, the money will still flow there. So if you're going to stop like Binance from working, someone's going to go to somewhere else. And that's why people go to FTX. It went down, some, the money's going to go somewhere. Now it's going to Kraken, it's going into KuCoin. It will end up somewhere. Mm-hmm. And companies that learn how to navigate these waters will be able to get their capital. And if not, there's also a whole small section of crypto right now called DeFi. And they're just like trying their best to circumvent all of this. So where there's a will, there's a way. Someone will find a way to help capital flow in. Mm. So I'm not too worried about it. And again, for me, I don't know the future of crypto. It's just like software. I, I don't know where is it going to go. But I do know that when the money flows in, I just want yeah. to just want to chase along with it. And we're not yeah. advocating that you should put all your money into crypto mm. ever. Mm. But it's just, to us, it's just another asset class where mm. you can diversify your investments and you should look into mm. if you have the capacity. Okay. So what are yeah. you advocating then? Advocating education. It's <laughs> 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 like Miss Universe talk. Uh, world peace. Thank you everybody. That world peace. Advocating education in the yeah, sense that like what, what he's saying that we're just keeping an eye out on it mm. and we feel like the rest of the people should too so that they're not stuck behind when something happens. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and also, well, I don't think you should be chasing like uh, gains but if if you are it's more like a gamble it's not it's not an investing strategy it's not yeah. even a trading strategy it's just like a gamble and it's just like a hunch you should never put all your money in but it's not just in crypto because even in stocks as well you have Tesla it was heavily inflated and now it's, it's come back down so if you caught on to the Tesla hype train you would have made a lot of money mm-hmm. it didn't make sense for Tesla to be worth that much at that point of time but when money wants to go price will go up mm-hmm. so it's the same thing like now we have Nvidia going up as well and just the past month like Palantir is up 60% as well so there's so many things that are just going up. So if you just follow the narrative, follow the money, then you might be able to catch some gains from it, which is what we try to do mm. sometimes when we have time. So does it work? Well, yeah, it, it, it does. Mm. Um, we actually just caught Palantir um, just a couple of days ago. So we managed to just make a small amount. Like it went up 60%, but I'm not that great. I can catch the bottom. We, we just caught the middle. So it's just a small like 10, 20% gain. Mm. But we were able to catch it because we were on the narrative and we saw that Palantir was doing very well. New earnings call and the whole AI thing, right? Everybody's talking about AI right now. You have ChatGPT coming out, Bing, and Google is bought. Bing. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bing. I so, remember Bing, but not for these reasons. And now, because of AI, it's suddenly front and center again. So like AI is pushing things left and right. Mm. But Palantir was like the OG AI. Like before AI was trendy, there was Palantir. Mm. So like now that this whole AI craze is going on, people are like realizing that, oh, there's this one company in the past that was really into AI and it's Palantir. But everybody just ran away from it because it didn't make any money. But right now, it's finally turning a profit. Mm. So when you see that, it's like, oh, it's 
Just keep an eye on it. I think it's trading at $16 as of today. It used to be trading at $40. So there's a lot of upside. Mm. So if there's something that you want to chase, you might want to look at this, but not that you should. And you should be putting a very, very, very small amount. <laughs> Disclaimer, you Vegetary, should. Uh, Vegetary. <laughs> very small amount. You say I learned something. No, this is not financial advice. It's not enough. This is never financial this advice. This is never financial never. advice. I was like, wow, that is yeah. great. Great evolution. Yeah, um, this is what I am doing. Mm-hmm. Not asking mm-hmm. anyone to do it. Let's just put it out that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we covered Palantir about two years ago already, right? So we, we already did some... Oh, deep yeah. dives around mm. it so go and check out our interview with Eugene you know mm. um, that's quite a crazy guy lah, you know uh, so yeah, yeah Eugene's a friend so I can say he's crazy right <laughs> so, so, yeah, go and check out our, our deep dives with him you know uh, around Palantir right so, so it's, it's it's great it's great it's good good okay so then going forward what are your plans then like when it comes to accumulating more money when it comes to like doing this whole shenanigan of like road to a million you know you know all that jazz <laughs> and what will you tell people essentially like we're focusing now, 50% of our time on building our business. Mm, so, so, no more Iron Condor. <laughs> iron Condor, tell me basic. Eh? But anyway, yes, please. please continue. Yeah. Not, not as much anymore because we spend a lot of our brains bandwidth on yes. trying to build the business, on trying to come up with a good social media strategy. Mm. Um, and I think that's where we're focusing a lot of our time now. Mm. on our side hustles things like that mm-hmm. yeah that's so our building way. the capital building the capital waiting for the big break correct because right now our capital isn't a, isn't that great so even when you the percentage of our growth can be big the mm. actual number is not as big and we feel like we need to earn more money and then put it back to the markets which is actually what we're doing we have not taken out a single cent from the sponsorship money that we have earned mm. at all we've all put it back into investing so that we can create more content Except yep. for once we brought our parents out for dinner, and that's it. I think that's the only thing we spent on. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mm, we're parents very proud that day. <laughs> so, <laughs> finally, finally, finally this so that stay at my house for 30 over years, right? Treat me to Makan, right? Yes. So I think that's what I'm trying to do, trying to grow our capital that way. Yeah. Mm. And then because we both are quite interested in starting a business as well. We tried yeah. a few things multiple, multiple times. Yeah. The best success was still social media, but the yeah. one before was also. Yeah, it was not too bad. Yeah. What was before? It's an e-commerce business we yep. designed an iPad sleeve a magnetic iPad sleeve mm. and we sold that during COVID yeah. with zero dollars in marketing <laughs> oh yeah zero dollars in marketing so we had to come up with creative ways to uh, market but actually that's how we also thought of getting into social media yeah. because we realized that hey we got this great product people want it People are willing to what pay for it. Sure people want it. Well, because people are buying it. So we basically yes, launched, so I, we built a website first. We launched it. When people started ordering, then we we made the purchase for the bulk order. Mm-hmm. So you BDO'd yeah. it like, essentially, yeah. right? Yes. Okay. yes. So we knew so that Singapore. there was demand already. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But we quickly realized that one of the best ways to get more sales is to do ads and get marketing out to spend money on marketing. But then we realized that all of the money is going into marketing. If we were to go down that route, we would be spending everything on marketing instead of actually making any profit. So our profit margin would shrink a lot just because of marketing. So I think that's where we got interested in social media because we saw how other products are being sold online. They're on YouTube, on TikTok, on Instagram. You have influencers who are showcasing a product and then that product just like takes off after that. So we realized how important it is to also have a social presence sometimes. Yeah. And we thought, oh, you know, why not we try? And we didn't actually start TikTok because of that. We actually created a separate YouTube channel talking about productivity. It's called 25 Hour Day. 
25 hour day. Because when you watch our videos, we give you one extra hour a day. <laughs> you will become so productive that it feels like you have 25 hours a day. So yeah. like that's the whole the whole idea. Yeah. So we started that, but we didn't want to show our face. So just yeah, talking. So it was a faceless channel, basically. Yeah. yeah. and us talking. It was a faceless mm. channel with a Singaporean accent, which yes. did not obviously do which well. obviously <laughs> did not fly. Yeah. 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 Okay, so okay. so how how was that business then? How was it? Like your whole sleeves, magnetic sleeve thing. It is still ongoing now. Yeah. We have already turned the profit um, yeah. but the amount of hours that we spend into it was a lot mm. and again like trying to find out creative ways to market and get more sales How was also taking a lot that, from a sales perspective not a lot in total we've made in revenue we crossed 10k last year nice yeah nice 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 okay that's pretty good yeah it was, and it became mostly like a passive business yeah. so at first we were working really hard to start to post pictures on socials and things like that and then we stopped because we realized that our okay, we're just gonna like share. The, we share we already shared the we shared yeah. a secret on TikTok yeah, anyway. Yeah, Basically, yeah, yeah. we used Reddit. Ah, yeah. So okay, that was okay. our biggest driver. We didn't have to spend a single cent mm. except for create one Reddit account. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. we basically I find out keywords. So like iPad, new iPad, Magic Keyboard, MacBooks, iPad Mini, iPad Pros, all, all those keywords that would normally appear. So I Wrote set up something like, yeah. a, like a script that would just track all of these things that are coming out from our Mac, yeah, our iPad, all from all these channels, and then Whenever a new post had all these keywords coming in, it would just like send us a, a telegram. telegram. Yeah. yeah. So from there, we'll be able to see and see, oh, someone's talking about it. Because some people are asking yeah. whether there's a sleeve that is like ours or what do they recommend? And then we'll just, we'll just tell them, hey, yeah. you can check this out. We are the one who created it. And we're reaching it. them right at the end of the buying cycle, right? We don't have mm. to convince them. Because on TikTok and Instagram, a lot of the ads you see, they're trying to convince you that you have a problem that they can solve versus we are going straight to the person who is like, I have a problem. How do, how do I solve mm. it? And mm. give them the solution. And My intent is very high. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So that's how we, we got our sales that way. Yeah. It's very interesting. And because okay. the post will be on the Reddit channel. Reddit channel? Reddit what? Subreddit. Subreddit. On the subreddit. See, clearly only over account me. Open account write a script, they are ping and go and go and hide. I'm definitely not a Reddit so, person. Okay, okay. The first time I opened Reddit was because of this, because of him. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. yeah. You sound like a Reddit person. Yeah, he oh, is yes, a Reddit person. Totally. Yeah. It's not like you were going to like Reddit, Reddit holes on yeah. Reddit, right? Yeah. You're that yeah. type of person. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And that's where I find a lot of things as well, which is why I appreciate it. Even though I know sometimes people are trying to sell me things there, mm -hmm. but Sometimes it's very unique because we, if you go onto big channels, they are always advertising your very typical brands. For mm. example, if I want an iPad keyboard, they're going to recommend you like the, the Apple one or Logitech one, then it just stops there. But there's so many other things that I want to search for or that, mm. that is interesting. Usually on Reddit, you will yeah. find. And then that's where I find interesting stuff. So yeah. I thought my product was interesting. Why yeah. not? But you converted me into a Reddit person because now every <laughs> single thing I Google, I'm like, how do you blah, 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 Reddit at the end? <laughs> Serious? Oh yeah, but that's basically how how I search nowadays. Yeah. It's always like um, because I don't want the listicles. They're all sponsored by uh -huh. like a bunch of companies that you know. <laughs> yeah, you know too much, right? This <laughs> yeah. is like the it's work hazard, uh. It's like when you go, it's like oh, yeah, I know lah. Like, the third one is a sponsored post, yeah. lah. Right, first two is you know a bit more yeah. shenanigan, and then yeah. the last two will be sponsored posts yeah. or something. So I want real people <laughs> information. Yes. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, 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 fair, fair, fair. So then, with all that shenanigan in, in <laughs> ongoing, right? Making money and then investing and all that jazz, right? Are you, are you like, going to double down on this at this point in time? And you're going to give up the whole, like, Singapore traditional work a job type of situation? Kind of, yeah. Well, for now, we're double downing on mm. content creation, social mm. media, and mm. the agency. Yeah. Yeah, so everything is taken a sideline. So the e-commerce business right now is also just on the side. Whatever money is coming in, we'll just we ship out the orders and stuff. But mm. we're not actively marketing it anymore. Yeah. I think that's why we also trade a little bit less because to trade every day, you need to be in the markets every single day and really understand <laughs> yeah. it. So it, it takes up a lot of time as yeah. well. And I, as I'm I really we're trying just to just watch YouTube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, guys, I have a long day. Just give me a break. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's always at night. So it's always at the yeah. end of the day and you have to, to read up and then trade, which is why like sometimes I'm just like, maybe trade less, just go back to investing because mm -hmm. I can make money through investing as well. Yeah. Mm. So trading nowadays is just swing trades because yeah. I would rather hold a position for four to five days to maybe one month sometimes mm. rather than like day trading because it just takes way, way too yeah. much time. Um, I can make money from trading, but my capital is so small that it doesn't make sense. Mm. I would much rather learn other skills. Yeah. Start an agency. They'll teach yeah. me sales, marketing, videography, everything that comes with it. And I'll pick up skills and I can still earn some money. Yeah. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> anyway, our, our main strategy for investing is still dollar cost averaging mm, mm. into the S&P and some other ETFs. Mm. And we believe that that's what's going to give us the most sustainable growth. Everything mm. else is just for fun, right? Mm. Trading is for us just for fun to make that mm. a few extra dollars. Mm, mm. Yeah. Just for fun is quite a risky thing. In the, I mean, in the I mean, mindset it, of just instead for fun, of you know like going saying? to gambling with your friends, instead of going to a casino, instead of um, going you, out for Are you really going to draw a parallel there? <laughs> yes, are you really going to draw a like, parallel I mean, there? I mean, because if, it, it depends on, on how you look at it. If you look at it as a way to become rich and maybe it's dangerous for us, it's a way to have fun. So instead of spending mm. $50 on alcohol, you could spend $50 and trade. Mm. Yeah, because it's fun. It mm. gives you the adrenaline, it gives you the dopamine rush. Yes, and it if, does. And it does. if it it's does, very fun. and it, if it's more fun than going to the club for you, then sure. I mean, I still go to the club, but you know. <laughs> Every Friday night, you will see her there. But he doesn't. He's he's quite he's quite a home I mean, he sleeps nerdy. At <laughs> Ten. Wakes up yeah. at five thirty. Yes, what yes. club? <laughs> what what club? What? Botanic garden, right, or something like that. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah, so I think that's that's what we mean by fun. Okay, okay, that's interesting because yeah. even for myself, when I first started, I also stock pick. I'm a very fundamental guy, lah. Mm. Right, so I, I do stock picking, you know, all, yeah. I, I read up on, on all those things, which is a lot of work, but you do learn a lot of stuff. So, mm. yeah, like these days, you know, even when we are building other shows, they're not in the personal finance space. We do work with other guys, right? And then, like, tech guys, they come in, mm. talk to us, you know, uh, oh, we want to build a show, can we work with you guys? Then, when they talk, I understand everything. They're like, how the hell do you know everything? Because I read your 10K, right? Because I read all your, your annual reports. I read your investor relations stuff. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I, I, think, I think there's some of that. But even for me, I am at a point where even my strategy has changed mm. because I am just mm. too occupied yeah. to keep mm. up with those things. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, just let a professional do it. Just buy the broad-based ETS mm. and just, you know, do yeah. the whole DCA thing. Yeah. You know, but, but you have to be comfortable to realize Realize that you're not going to get a big upside, right? Yep. Mm. Right? You're, Slow, you're, steady, yeah, sustainable. Yeah, you're just going to do yes, like a 6%, percent. 7%, yep. you know, at best, yep. you know, after everything. Yeah. Right? And, and, and that's it. And you're yep. comfortable with that. And you mm. think yep. that is the way to go. Yes. And we also believe that people who get rich too quick lose the money a lot faster anyway. Well, a lot of logic leap. Man. Come share, share with me. Like, <laughs> like why, why you believe it that way? Like, what, what constitutes the basis of thought? 
So there was this study done in the US where they Is it okay, Pew Research. Okay, okay. sorry. Okay. I'm not even Pew sure. Research, okay, I'm not even sure if it was a it's not definitely not like a scientific evidence-based study. <laughs> but they surveyed or I can't remember if it was a survey or they basically just found the numbers. But basically what I read was that a lot of people who made money off lotteries, so lottery winners became more depressed and lost most of their money within the next few years. Because the skill it takes to grow money is a very different skill from maintaining wealth. So the thing is that when you don't even have the skill of growing money, you don't know how to maintain it. So the, mm. when, when you get a huge amount of money, like crypto, a lot of crypto millionaires, they get a sh shit ton of money. <laughs> <laughs> Just say it's okay. Just go. <laughs> Unless it's off brand for you, I am fine. We are old enough. I'm not going to police speech, right? Please go, go for that. When they make a shit ton of money from crypto gains, a lot of them, you see, a lot of them don't actually hold on to the money for that long. They mm. put it into something else, then they lo and they lose that the next mm. day, or they just recklessly spend it because. I believe, I really strongly believe that knowing how to manage wealth is very different from knowing how, how to grow wealth. Yeah. It's a yeah. different set of skills. And I feel like if you don't have that skill and you don't hone it from learning how to save, from learning how to sustainably build wealth and not dream and wish for like a one 10,000 X gain, you'll mm. never learn how to be able to manage your money properly. Mm. Mm. But you do realize that uh, by virtue of that being two different skill sets, right? You don't need to be good at the first skill set. You can be great at the second skill set. You that's, know what I mean? Like, like you can totally just be a crypto millionaire or like win the lottery and you're you bad at making money, right? In other words, you're horrible at making money. You just cannot this one time big pot. Mm. But you can be amazing at managing it. These two things are not mutually exclusive. The, true, the success true, of the true, first true, thing true, does not true, indicate true, the success true, of the second true. thing. That's mm. true. But I think right? when, when I, we talk about sustainably building wealth, you kind mm. of build things like patience, perseverance, mm. and all those things are important to managing wealth. Yeah, yeah. I'm versus, not disputing that. Versus yes. um, when, when you're the type that makes money very quickly, which means you can, you can be a go-getter, you can be very good at taking risks mm. and very okay with taking very big risks. Mm. Those are not skills that will tie over to managing money well. Yeah, taking yeah. big risks yeah. being like a big example. Yeah. Yeah. Fair, fair, fair. But, but they are not mutually exclusive. Yeah, they're not. They're, not. they're yeah. definitely not mutually okay, exclusive. Okay, okay. Yeah. Fair, fair. That's cool. That's yeah. interesting. So give me um, something that the Gen Zs do that you think the millennials need to keep up, you know? Oh, Aaron, Aaron yeah. has the answer to that. Right. Like, like you think like, uh, millennials uh, always talk about this method or uh, this way of life. Uh, it's, it's passe already. Keep up. We are the new rulers. Keep up. Keep up. Maybe some hmm. from a manage managing money standpoint or from a making money standpoint. Biggest difference I see between millennials and Gen Zs are that millennials look at money as a necessity, like a safety blanket, mm. versus Gen Zs who look at money like a tool. Mm. So mm. yeah, so there's there's this survey that we um found by Intuit. They basically talked about how Gen Zs look at money as a means to an end. Like mm. they they live life with bigger dreams than getting rich. They want to be happy and they feel like money is a way to bring them to that goal. Mm. Versus for millennials, a lot of us, we work towards getting rich and earning money as the main goal. Mm. Yeah. But I think to me, one reason why I feel like Gen Zs could have this mindset is because a lot of the Gen Zs, they have just graduated and they're living in their parents and they haven't had to face the realities that a lot of the older millennials, like my friends, have started to face. Like aging parents, taking care of their parents, having kids, having a house to pay for. And I think that's why they still feel like they would rather be happy than work hard and earn mm, money. Mm. But I do think that sometimes millennials, we focus too much on 
just getting rich and forgetting about other things. So I think there's a balance. Mm. Yeah, I think there. I can second that. I can't speak for all Gen Zs, but yeah. um, as, I was, as I was studying... <laughs> you speak for elder Gen Zs. <laughs> <laughs> front end, front end of the Gen Zs. I was doing my clinicals and then um, everyone was talking about money because we were working very hard. We have to... So um, I studied physiotherapy mm. and so we had clinicals. I have to head down to the hospitals. Well, that we start work at 8 and we leave at 6, which means you're supposed to arrive at 7. And so it's like... Basically, and the hospital can be very far, like one and a half hour to two hours, depending on the traffic that day. So a lot of us were sitting there and complaining, like we are spending like 14 hours a day um, working and then the pay isn't very good. And then, you know, patients don't really treat you very well. Is it very fulfilling? And they talk about money. And that, that was when we, I kind of realized that everyone just wanted money to be happy, to do whatever they want to do. Um, use the money to travel, use the money to buy the things that they want more than like, just to make money, they just want to get more money. They just, they just wanted to figure out how they can spend the money, basically. Mm. Which I feel that maybe it's because we're all still young, including myself, because I was into the conversation as well. I was like, yeah, I wanted to use the money. I wanted to go travel. Let's go Korea when we graduate. And then we're going to go Australia and everything. I think Sarah's right on that part because at that point of time, none of us were thinking about, oh, our parents are going to get older mm. or we're going to have to like buy a house and then we're going to get married. And it's all, if, if you're going to go through all of that. So mm. like none of that came into our minds during the conversation. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, okay, to be fair, I'm from the view that there are some structural changes over the decades. Yeah. But it's a phase of life type of thing rather than like a Gen Z millennial divide, you know? Yeah, Agreed. exactly. Yeah, exactly. When we were yeah. younger, we also don't think yeah, about it. Yeah, it's just money. Exactly. Which one you go? Right? And, and yeah. our parents got disco. Ah. Back then, they yeah. also disco. You can ask them to dig out their old pictures. Right? Yeah. Then they're like, wow, like, oh, yeah. pum, pum, pum. Then they're like, you know, it's like, they yeah. all had it, right? Yeah. So, so it's a phase of life type of thing and, and not so much a generational difference. How do you think about yeah. that? Yes, yeah. I agree. Agree. Mm, yeah, mm. that's I what I think. I think Gen Z's, we are, they're we. Um, but Gen Z's, or at least the younger generation, are very tech-savvy. And so I realized that a lot of people in the millennial generation, they tend to, oh, let's buy the S&P 500. They mm. go into brokers and they try to, dec- and they try to DCA and everything. And- not as many. So I find that Gen Z's, especially people my age, none of them even think about like DCAing all of that. They just want a robo-advisor mm. to do it for them. Like mm. they're very, very comfortable with the idea of a robo-advisor. Mm. And some of them even trust it more. They're human. Yes. But they don't realize behind got humans also. Yeah. <laughs> but and the idea that it's technology, right? It uh, just sounds better. And there's a huge buy-in because I think one out of every four person I know in like physio, so it's healthcare, has some sort of robo-advisor account mm. uh, set up and they're using it. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting. But do mm. Gen Z's know that robo-advisors have a wrapping fee around those things? No. <laughs> like if you directly buy the fund, it's actually cheaper, yeah. right? Yes. Like we all know, right? These yeah. things like, yes. yeah. right? So Gen Z, if you're listening, or millennials, if you're listening, right? If you don't need a complex strategy, you're just going to do the like yeah. mundane, very old, broadly diversify. Your fees can go to 0.03%, mm. right? Why do yes. you need to stop at 0.5%? Yeah. Right? But of course, certain robo-advisors will give you like more you know, Correct. pattern, right? Yeah. Or things mm. that are like different, yeah. hard to get out there. Yeah. I mean, then, it depends on how much time you want to invest yes, as well. Yes. Like if you're very busy or you just, there are some people who are just really not interested in finance mm. and I guess that 0.02 extra that they're paying, but it's worth it better than not investing at all. Because mm-hmm. I feel like some of them, if they don't get, if they don't put the money in a robo-advisor, they'll just put it in their bank. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. then that's worth it for them. Yeah, yeah. Fair, fair, yeah. fair. But, but, uh, uh, Humor advisor even more expensive, right? Yes, right. Uh-huh. yes, yes. 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 So, yes. so it's, it's, it's a tier, it's a tier, right? <laughs> if you go for the human advisor, most expensive, yeah. the robo has found some sort of a software scale Correct. around it so Correct. they charge you a little bit less and yeah. if you go direct get from directly from the fund guys yeah. you know it's, it's even cheaper but it's, yes. it's the amount of work that, that you yes. want to put in yes. mm. 
Okay, great. So any um, last words for people that are starting out managing money or managing their money and relationship with their sibling? Has anybody asked you guys like, how can you all do it together? Why you all sound so happy managing money together? Has nobody asked you that at all? I, th- I think what? people do ask us like how we're so close and stuff. Well, nobody mm. asks us how, but they just comment on how surprised they are. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But when we were younger, she used to bully me a lot. She would beat me up, <laughs> uh, pinch me, Shame and her. it's like, uh, <laughs> and it's like I have bruises all over. Uh. Come back, parents ask me, what happened to you? Why do you have bruises? Uh, <laughs> Sarah bullied me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but somehow we grew up super close. Yeah. Our parents are always say that they are very uh, relieved right now. <laughs> and thankful of how close we've become. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. So any quick tip, last tip for, for our audience trying to be closer with their sibling and talk Commun- about money. Communicate? Communicate. Duh. <laughs> communicate is like it's like another like world peace star reply. Like, like how do you communicate? Like give me something that's tangible, like a particular scenario that you know it was hard, but you guys talked about it. How do you talk about it? You know, specific to money, that'll be great. I, I don't know. The last time we fought was like 10 years ago, I yeah. think. Oh, so kumbaya. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, okay. So if it, if it's anything that I feel like I'm a little bit annoyed, or he feels like he's, he's a little bit annoyed, but he really is annoyed. Usually, if I feel like I'm a little bit annoyed, then I'll just tell him about it. Mm. Yeah. Actually, no, for, for us, it's kind of like we just sense it. Like, when I see yeah. Sarah, it's like, she's busy or like, she have that weird, like, stare. Then I'm like, okay, I'm just going to okay. walk away. Especially when I'm waking up in the morning. He, uh. has, he has made that mistake a few times and he doesn't do that anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, there's just like some things that I just figure out like, oh, that's when she just doesn't want to be disturbed and then that's fine. And then there are other times when I can just disturb the heck out of her. It's so satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> For all, the time she, for all the time she bullied me when we were young. <laughs> also because we're very different, I think. Uh, uh, like we uh, complement each other well enough as siblings. Mm. I'm very talkative, he's not. Mm. She can't keep quiet. He's, I'm extroverted, usually that's he's the introverted. Case. So I'm usually in his room. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, tips, 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 tips. Tips, Give them tips. We give, we give money tips. I don't know what siblings, sibling <laughs> tips you can give except for to be born with the right sibling because that's a complex discussion we should have a a series for that yeah yeah I feel like it's just just, we just got lucky Mm, yeah Yeah. if you don't have time to do research DCAing into ETFs would be a very good option Mm. I think that's like the basic but if you do have time then just look into some of the top companies and then just like cherry pick those Mm. I think it's not too difficult Um, and if you're a Singaporean don't ignore the Singapore stock market there are some very Mm. good um, stocks to buy from in Singapore as well and you don't get tax on dividends in Singapore that's a key difference between Singapore market and US market mm-hmm. hmm. you? oh me too <laughs> of course <laughs> <laughs> for me it would be more personal finance stuff like mm. one keep an emergency fund mm. that's extremely important because how big is your emergency fund? my emergency fund is right now it's about three months okay but so I'll say three to six months depending on your life stage so mm. if you have to take care of parents or kids maybe six months yeah if you have a more stable job maybe three months and you're only taking care of yourself mm. that's important because the way we invest is long-term investing right and you don't want to come into a situation where you take money out of the market in an unfortunate time so i think mm. having an emergency fund is extremely important okay great. Did, you, did you take money out of your emergency fund recently no oh, okay. oh did you oh no i didn't <laughs> He, so, he tried to convince me to take money out of my emergency fund to, to double down or something. Into anchor. That's horrible. Don't, don't. Not financial advice. Never, Never financial, financial advice. advice. Never. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for your time. Lovely. Nice. Oh, nice. Yes, thanks, thanks for having thanks us thanks as well. Thanks for having us. Stay tuned all the way after these quick notes for our personal money question segment. 
Before that, I hope you've learned something useful today. Join our Telegram group, follow us on our socials, and check out thefinancialcoconut.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. First question, what is your best and worst investment you've ever made? I think our best time and financial investment would be into the side businesses. Side businesses. <laughs> a lot of business. Uh, businesses. <laughs> it's like many things. We got agency, we got e-commerce, we got everything. Side businesses that we started, even those that failed, feel like we learned a lot from those. Mm. And that was our best investment of time and money mm. our worst investment of money would be um, listening to poor financial advice from financial advisors who are not very good at their job oh, I are, you, are, you, <laughs> are you talking about like friends that just started type of thing no, no. it was actually not us it's, it is a family one of someone that my dad trusted mm. who mm. Uh, convinced him to buy a very 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 bad plan mm. if you buy a plan you terminate it early you lose a lot of cash yeah. right? loads from, of it yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's some sort of like insurance package kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So... ILP type of stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's basically an ILP. Yeah. But it was very popular back then. Yeah. Oh, but he sold yeah. it to my dad at the wrong age. Yeah, oh. it, it very, doesn't very, yeah. doesn't make sense. Um, He ran the numbers on Excel. Yeah, mm. he just edited the numbers. So, yeah. But I can understand as well because no one really knows the future. But if you run the numbers and how the fees are collected, usually you would not be as profitable. And most of the time, you would actually be in the red. Yeah, and and the, the thing that pissed us the most off was it's likely that my dad wouldn't be around by the time he would collect the money because yeah. of when mm. he was sold that plan. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, it's a very long plan. Yeah. Very expensive plan too. Yes. Yeah, usually it's like that. Like, yeah. That one is a long discussion. Yes, but yes, but yes, I have yes, a personal yes. story to share next time. Next yes. time. Okay, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, next question. What is one thing under $100 that has been a game changer for you? Because trading and, and investing, a lot of it can be automated. Like when, I, when I think of a strategy, I want to automate it. Um, so I've like trading view, so I want to code some stuff and also want to learn Python to help me code. Um, there was a strategy that I created for crypto with, during the crypto boom, which is kind of like sort of a delta neutral strategy. It's not, it's not that complicated. You are shorting Bitcoin, but you are longing a whole basket of altcoins. Because if you look at the trend, when altcoins rises, they rise a lot quicker. Mm. but during downward trends, Bitcoin kind of leads the pack first. So by having this sort of hitch, the entire market moves together. So when the market moves up, I make a lot of money because all the altcoins are going like 1,000%, 10,000%, like 6,000%. But when it goes down, they all drop 50% together, but Bitcoin will also drop around 50%, maybe 40%. So the Bitcoin hitch protects me from my downside, while my altcoins keep giving me the edge as it goes up. Mm, so mm. it's that kind of, not really delta neutral strategy. I don't really know what's the, the name of it, but basically in for traditional finance terms, uh, maybe you would be, let's think of like the telecom sector, you would buy M1, you would buy Singtel and you would short Starhub. Mm. Not saying that you should be doing that, um, but there's an example. Advice. <laughs> so if the entire uh, market moves up, but you know that Singtel and M1 is going to do better, then you 
make the profit from the spread. Something like that. But the thing is, because crypto moves very fast, right? One day, a crypto can move 60%. So to rebalance that consistently takes a lot of time. And I didn't have the time for that. So I created a Python script that helps me rebalance the portfolio every time I make a 5% profit or a 5% loss. So it just rebalances, rebalances, rebalances. And so I can just sleep after that. So where did $100 go to? Oh, uh, <laughs> so, right. Because I couldn't call all of this myself. I spent the money to hire a tutor, a uh, Python tutor to teach me how to code. And then I could do all of that. Yeah. Great, great. Python tutor need to come on our show. La. <laughs> right, right. I'm going to get you on. Okay? okay, okay, great. And you? For me, it's this app called Notion. Notion, love Notion. Love but Notion. every month I spend hundred dollars because the whole team oh. is using Notion. We are all on Notion, we're all on Slack, we're all on Zapier, it's automation, ling ling ling. We don't need the comms in between. Yes. Yeah, yes. It's great. I'm the biggest Notion nerd. My whole life mm. is on Notion. Yes. I love building systems, I love building templates, so that's my favorite thing. That is yes. great. Love it. Last thing, one place you learn that you think is underrated can be a bull, a particular website, of your favorite podcast, wherever. I mean for for us the we would say YouTube. 25 hour day. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Don't watch any of the videos. Watch it. No. Don't watch, it. watch any of the videos. 25 hour day. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna watch it. No. <laughs> um, I mean we would say YouTube, I guess. What's I mean we wouldn't feel we wouldn't say that YouTube is underrated, mm. but I'm still always surprised at No, like give me a channel. Oh a channel. A channel. Yeah, like what is one underrated channel then on YouTube? Like people need to know about this channel other than 25 hour day la. I know it changes with seasons. Yeah, so yeah. what is uh, what is one? <laughs> the Weeblings. <laughs> what do I watch now? We love we he's not even productivity. We love Andrew Huberman, but he's oh, not he's not underrated yes, anymore, yes. I'm guessing. Mm. Yeah. The neuroscientist, Dr. Andrew Huberman. Well, yeah. Big, 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 big fan, yeah. During... We, well, we found him when he was under... Yeah, we found him when he had, you know, no one was listening one, to yeah, him. Before his podcast came out. Um, we, we would be doing our exercise and we'd be just like playing him on the TV yeah. back then during the lockdown. So it was quite interesting. Yeah. Like giant Andrew Huberman's Sounds face. Sounds like junkie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like, sort of. same, same hobbies, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. we're literally... Like, Working out together, doing the same exercises, watching, watching the same thing same on TV. Thing. Yeah. And it's not even like a TV show, it's a it's a guy in a black shirt mm. sitting there talking like that. Yeah. You know, you know what we need to do? We need to go in and film a day in your life. Right? Then I can have a good laugh about it. But yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing yes. all that yep. good jazz. Thanks, guys.